Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you take out your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 23, and we're going to start at verse 11. There's some people that we're going to recognize real quick. It is so good to have Bree and her daughter with this point of hope. Are you glad that Bree and her daughter? It is good to have JR with us. JR, we are happy to have you in the house today. In church, I don't know if you see what I see walking up the left side of the sanctuary, but Sister Branham is home and back in the house. Hallelujah. We are glad, Sister Branham, that you are home and worshiping with us today. Amen. Amen. Come on, turn, take out those Bibles. Turn to Matthew 23. We're going to start with verse 11. And the Bible says, But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. But woe unto you, you scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Come on, just put your Bibles down and raise your hands and help me pray over this message today. Master God, Lord, we love you, God. We thank you for the opportunity, God, to be in your house today, God. Lord, I ask, God, that you would anoint me, your humble servant, God, to get out of the way, God, and let your words come forth today. God, I pray that you anoint our hearts, God, on our ears, God, that we can hear and receive your word. Everyone said in Jesus' name. Listen, if you'll preach with me, you can sit down. But if not, you just need to keep standing. Okay. All right. So first, I, got, I need some volunteers. All right. I have a bag of goodies. Let me reach down in here. Well, here's a glove. Just watch it. I don't know if it'll do anything. But if it do, does, if it does... Here we go. If it does, I want you to shout out, okay? Sister Matthews, let me get you one. Here's a glove. If it does anything, you just let me know. Let's go back here to the back. How about you? If this glove does anything, you let me know. Because I'm running out of here. You want one? One more glove. Oh, I know who this glove is. Oh, yeah. We got to get the pastor involved. Pastor, I've saved this, my most special glove for you. If this glove does anything, I want you to let me know. Okay, for sure. Now, y'all watch those gloves. Mm-hmm. Y'all see that Batman glove? So when it comes to this life that we live, this Christian life, I want you to know the stakes are high. Things like heaven and hell and eternal reward, those are the things that matter, right? And I want you to know that you and I only get one chance, one opportunity. There's no redos, Sister Kylie. Sister Brandon, we can't rewind and, you know, we can't be kind, rewind and try it over again. It doesn't work like that. We get one chance, one chance on this earth to live a life pleasing to Jesus. There's no starting over. We have been given life and breath to prove our faith and demonstrate what we believe. If I had to title my sermon today, this is what I would title it. The Blueprint of Serving. Brother Richie, I know I didn't give give you this, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Can you uh, 
pull up Mark 14 and verse 3. We see here the woman that come in to anoint Jesus with that alabaster box. Some say that, that, that what was in that box was everything that she had made for her, her life saving. And I'm going to read it here. The, the Bible says, And being in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, as, as he, who is he? Jesus sat at meat. There came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment, of spikenard, very precious. And she broke the box, the Bible says, and poured it on his head. Next verse. And there were some that had indignations within themselves. The Bible says that some of the people there at at, at that dinner had indignation about what she did, Sister Matthews. Some of them thought it was stupid, Brother Stock. Why would you break this box and why would you pour this, this, this stuff on this man? Why was this waste of ointment made? Next verse, please. For it might have been sold, see? Here, it was stupid for her to waste it. Because you know what we could have did, Brother Long, is we could have sold it for for more than 300 pence. And what could we have done with that? We could have been, we could have given it to the poor. And they murmured. The Bible says they talked about and murmured and, and had side conversations about her. But what what what's next? Oh, here's what matters, Sister Addie. The Bible says, and Jesus said, leave her alone. For you're going to have the poor with you always. Listen, you've got plenty of opportunity to sell things and give that money to the poor. You're going to have the poor with you always. And when so, ye will, ye may do them good. But guess what? I'm not always going to be here. So she, she, she broke this box, Pastor, and she, she poured that ointment out. And, and these, these men murmured and talked about her. But Jesus rebuked them and said, leave her alone. She did what she could do. What are you doing? I feel like I've often done stupid things in my walk with God. I feel like I've often done stupid things in my service to the king. Oftentimes I ask, am I, am I doing this right? Could I have said that differently? Is this pleasing to God? Is this what he wants from me? Am I fulfilling my will that he has set out? Before me. But listen, I want you to hear this. She did what she could. She did something. And that's what's important here. She did something. She didn't just keep what she had and hold it for herself. She did what she could for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Church, I want to ask you today. Have we done what we can? Or could we do more? I, I, I think that we could all do more. Listen, I want you to understand me. I have a pure heart today and I'm preaching to myself, but I don't think there is a single person under the sound of my voice is who is doing all that they can for the king. What kinds of things can we do to serve the Lord? Well, basically, it's divided into a, two categories here, two different areas inside the church. We can serve God in the building, in the house, right? How do we serve him? Well, maybe we're a Sunday school teacher. And thank God for the Sunday school teachers. Maybe we play an instrument. Thank God for the musicians. Maybe we're on the armor bearer team and we're assisting the pastor. 
Maybe we're on the sound team and making sure that everything sounds right and the words are up. Maybe we're on the usher and greeter team and we're greeting and ushering. And maybe we serve on one of the many committees that are in this church. Maybe we do the physical stuff like changing the light bulbs or cleaning the church. Thank God for our church cleaning team. been around here for some time and I remember Sister Matthews when it was a struggle to get people to come and clean the church. I remember when it was a struggle, Sister Gosh, you can testify to this, to get people to sign up to just do, Brother Long, just the bathrooms or vacuum the sanctuary or, or dust the welcome center in the pulpit. It used to be a struggle. But now we've got a team that just comes in and takes care of it. Church, aren't you thankful for that team? Yes, amen. The church is clean. It smells good. And if you know anything about our pastor, he likes when rooms smell good. Amen. I'm thankful for that team. Or, or maybe you come and work outside when work days are called. Is there anything that I just mentioned that you think that you could do, that you could serve on or outside of the church? Maybe we can witness for Christ and share our testimony. We can minister to the poor and needy. We can minister to the neglected and lonely. Maybe we've got a restaurant ministry. These waters have been troubled from a restaurant ministry. We've baptized a waitress in the name of Jesus because of a restaurant ministry. Brother Tiki, what's a restaurant ministry? You just go out and you eat and you're nice. God put us on this, your earth, to be used by Him. To be used for Him. Listen, we can't do everything. I'm not the pastor of this church. And I've not got any sights on being the pastor of this church. Brother Long, I I cannot smoke meat. But I can eat it. See, I can do something. We can't do everything, Sister Matthews, but surely there is something we can do. Surely there is some way that we can serve. And we all need to figure out what that something is. I think most of us know what we should be doing or what we can be doing to serve. It seems that motivation is what we need. We just need a swift kick in the rear to get us going, if you will. It's like the old farmer who was encouraged to go to agriculture school. An old farmer encouraged to go to agriculture school. He says, why? I'm I'm farming the best that I know. Listen, most of us know how to serve. Most of us know what to do. We've got it down. We just need the motivation to get going and, and do the work. So why are we supposed to serve, Brother Tiki? Well, I'm glad you've asked today. I believe that I've got the blueprint for serving here. We serve because that's what Jesus did. Would everyone stand? The altars were open. Because Jesus served. Sit down, Jonathan. Matthew 20, 26, and 28 says, But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Did you see that? When I look at a hierarchy, Pastor, you've got 
not great, but chief is above great. Yeah, it says, whoever's going to be the head, let him be your servant. How many want to be? How many want to be head? How many want to be chief? Right, we need to become servants. Even as a son of man came not to be ministered to. Here, listen to that. Jesus didn't come for, to be ministered to, but rather to minister to others. But to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Listen, if Jesus did it, it must be the right thing to do. 1 Peter 2 and 21 says this, and I'm going to read it in the New King James. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example. Well, how am I supposed to do it? Well, Jesus left us an example. Aren't you thankful for that? He left us what we should be doing. That you should follow, the Bible says, in his steps. What? It's there. So we should be following in Jesus' step. And Acts 10 and 38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Listen, in Birmingham, Alabama, many, many, many years ago lived a Presbyterian pastor. By the name of James Bryan. Throughout the city he was known as Brother Bryan. There were many preachers stronger in pulpit oratory if you will. But none preached better sermons than he did with his life. Like Jesus he went about doing good. Sister Matthews it was a common thing for him to come home on a cold day without his overcoat. Because he'd given it to some poor man who didn't have one. One spring day, he was driving his horse and buggy. I said many, 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 many years ago, right? He was driving his horse and buggy through the countryside, and he saw a farmer standing in his field. It was time for the spring plowing, but his horse lay there in front of him, dead. Brother Brian got out of his buggy and unhitched his horse and gave it to the man and walked home that day. It was fitting that when his biography was written, it was called A Sermon in Shoes. Of all the commentaries on the scriptures, good examples, in my opinion, are still the best. No matter how good any human being is, there are still plenty of good examples for us to follow. But today, the greatest example that we've got is Jesus. Church, we're never going to go wrong if we follow Jesus' example. He knew how to live better than anybody, and it wasn't a life of luxury. It was a life of service. It wasn't about how much he could keep, but rather how much he could give away. 1 John 3, 17 and 18 says this, But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Listen, if you see your friend, your brother, if you see someone that's without, and, and you're not compassionate them, then how can the love of God live in you? what the Bible says. Verse 18 says, My little children, let us not love in word. Don't just let us love by our talk. Don't just let us love by by just, I love you today, sister. Neither in tongue, but in deed and truth. We got to show our love. The Bible says that it's not good enough just to tell someone them. But you got to show them. Right. My pretty wife back there, Pastor, I, she probably wouldn't be here if I didn't show her that I loved her when we were dating. Well, I don't think y'all are getting that. 
She wouldn't be my wife, Sister Matthews, if I didn't show her how much I cared about her. If I just continued to tell her how much I cared, that's not enough. Would any, would any wife in the house be happy with just hearing how much we care? Man, did you see that? I know Valentine's Day is over, but your anniversaries are coming up, I'm sure. There's a carriage ride in someone's future. You're welcome, Sister Yoakum. You can see me after church. We'll take care of that. Let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Talking about God isn't proof that you know Him. Rather, we've got to follow His example. Luke 22 and 27 says this, and I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. It says, who is more important? The one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course. But not here, for I am among you as one who serves. I, who's got your Bible with you today? Does anybody have the Bible? Can anybody turn to Luke 22 and 27? And as loud as you can, I want you to yell what color those words are. are red. And what does it mean when those words are red? That means Jesus said them, right? So Jesus said, but I am among you as he that serves. You want to know why our pastor doesn't let us push him to the side and he's right there serving in the trenches with us? Because Jesus said, but I am you as he that serves. He was the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He was the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He was the, the first and the last. He was a servant. He, he was a servant. Christ came, Jesus came to serve and not be served. Listen, we should be involved in serving others in some form. Why? Because we are commanded to do it and because Jesus did it. What more reason do we need? The next thing is we serve because it demonstrates love. Galatians 5, 13 and 14. And again, I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. It says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't live don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, here it is, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Are you ready? Love thy neighbor as thyself. I, I think I'm pretty spectacular. Depends on the day. You could ask my wife. Today's probably one of those days. Maybe not tomorrow, but today definitely. So if y'all want to know, ask her today. But it says to love your neighbor, love, not, not your friend, not just your family, but love your neighbor as yourself. Sometimes we got to love that person that did us wrong just like we love ourselves. What are the two greatest commandments that Jesus gave? To love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Ooh. That one stings a little bit. That, that stings a little bit, Pastor. 
You know, Sister, Sister Matthews, I don't know. I heard that somebody said something about me. I don't know that I can love them like I love myself. I don't know. They, they wronged me and, and did things to hurt me. I don't know that I can put that aside and love them like I love myself. But guess what? It's one of the greatest commandments is to love thy neighbor as thyself. We are, so, we are supposed to love God and we're supposed to love people. If we're not loving people, what are we doing? Someone wrote this, a lot of people are like wheelbarrows. They're not good unless they're pushed. Some people, Brother Branham, are like canoes. You got to paddle to get the canoe to go anywhere. Some people are like kites. If you don't keep them on a string, they'll fly away. Some are like footballs. You can't tell which way they'll bounce next. But some people are like a good watch, an open face, pure gold, quietly busying, full of good works. I want to ask you today, what kind of person are we? Are we quick to work? Are we quick to serve and wait on others? Or or do we have to be pushed and prodded? Or, Or maybe we prefer for others to wait on us. As Christians, we should be serving one another in love. That's what love does. It it makes us serve. What can I do for you? You want me to do that for you? I can take care of that for you. Loving each other helps us serve each other. Love doesn't sit around waiting to be served or waiting for others to do the job. It just does it. A true servant is quick to demonstrate love by doing things for each other, by cleaning up or carrying out the trash, by, by not always expecting that someone else's, it's someone else's job to do it. Why do mothers and fathers take care of their children and support them? Because we love them. We want the very best for them. We want them to grow up with more than we ever had, right? That's why we do it. Because of love. Why did Jesus come to the earth? The scripture tells us. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever shall believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. If what we do isn't because we love God and we love people. Then what we're doing is in vain. Love serves others and not just our friends or the people we like or even our own family members. We serve others because we have been called to do it. And God has... Oh, we got to stop here. Have these these gloves done anything? Nobody's glove has done anything? Well, wait a minute. You mean these gloves don't... They can't do anything on their own? How do these gloves work? We gotta fill them. Oh, I don't think y'all. These gloves aren't any good unless we fill them. We're not any good. God fills us. Without the Holy Ghost, we love. Without God inside of us, we can't live. We, we can't show. We can't serve in love. We serve others because we've been called to serve others and that God has filled us with His Holy Ghost. 
Lastly, we serve others because it pleases God. Anyone who serves Jesus is righteous, serves Jesus in righteousness and joy and peace is pleasing to God. Anyone who serves others is pleasing to God in righteousness, joy and peace. Just make it better, doesn't it? There are people who will say, I am broke but have money. There are those who hoard up for themselves and won't even share with those they love. There are those who are willing to make a sacrifice so up that others may at least have something. Luke 6 and 38 says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. James 1 and 17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. Listen, we are all gifted by God, but what are we doing with that gift today? I want you to hear this. We don't serve in order to be saved. It's not why we serve. We don't serve in order to get to heaven. That's not how we get to heaven. We serve because we are saved. We serve because we are headed to heaven. So what about us? Are we just here wasting away our gifts, stagnant and dormant, not being used by God in some form? 1 Corinthians 16, I'm sorry, 6, 19 through 20 says this, and I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. Do you not realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You don't belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. He was expensive, Brother Jonathan. I mean, we were expensive. Our sin cost a lot. Would you die for someone? No. Would you you die for someone? Maybe. Would you you die for someone? You don't have to answer. We've got one. I don't know that I would die for someone. But what did Jesus do? He came and he died for you and you and you and you and you and you and you. you. He died for all of us so that one day we might be able to throw our crowns at his feet and cry, holy, holy, holy. It's the Lord God Almighty. So Brother Tiki, what is this all about? Verse 20 says, For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with our body. Since we've been bought and paid for, we owe it to God to serve with our lives. I believe there's a higher calling. We've got apostles and preachers and evangelists, and, 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 and we've got all these gifts and bishops, and we've got all these gifts and callings in the church, but I don't believe there's a higher calling than to be a servant. We owe it to God to serve with our life. So why do we serve? And I'm closing, and if you'll stand with me, we serve because it's what Jesus did. We serve because it demonstrates God's love through us. How many of you want to be pleasing to God? Yes, amen. I don't want to spend all this time down here and get up to heaven and here turn from me, 
thy work of iniquity. I never knew you. But rather, I, I want to stand at the pearly gates and I want God to say to me, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want to be pleasing to God. I want God to know when I, I, want to know when I get up there that, that I was the apple of his eye. That I was his crown jewel. I want to know when I get up there that I did everything I can, that I reached everybody that I could, that I served faithfully and unconditionally. It didn't matter what, what, it, what, I, who, what they did to me or who they were, I served them. Hopefully at the end of my life, my tombstone says, Servant of God. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a husband, and, I, and, I'm a, and I'm a father, and if God tarries, I'll probably be a grandparent. And I'm a son, but, but Pastor, none of that matters. If, I, if my body's just laying there rotting. But on my tombstone, I just pray that one day it says, Servant of God. Because I, st- I believe with everything that is within me that there is no higher calling than being a servant of God. So church, we serve because it's what Jesus did. We serve because it demonstrates love and we serve because it pleases God.